my wife's was a minimalist. So when I started dating her, it was kind of the, you know, the gateway into her heart was, you know, embracing that. And then turns out, oh, that shit works, <laughs> you know, and like, I mean, my kids are happy, man, because they're not spending all the time picking up all these toys. Welcome to the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast, the show where you learn how to plan, build, and live the tiny lifestyle. I'm your host, Ethan Waldman, and this is episode 240 with Matt Paxton. Today, I'm speaking with Matt Paxton, who is none other than a 15-season veteran of the show Hoarders and also the host of the two-time Emmy-nominated series Legacy List with Matt Paxton. Matt has a really interesting story. He lives in Atlanta, Georgia with his wife and seven kids. Yes, seven kids. And they have a really interesting minimalist family lifestyle. And so on the show today, Matt is here really just to, to tell us stories. He's a great storyteller, but we get into the nitty gritty of what it's like to kind of maybe be dragged a little bit into minimalism and, and you know, what happens when you commit and do it, how do you stay doing it? Like what, what is required to kind of keep the weight off for a better, better sense of the word or like keep the stuff off. And uh, it was just a really fun conversation. And I think, I think you'll really enjoy it. So stick around. Thank you so much to everyone who attended the 2022 Tiny House Summit last week. The reviews and feedback are humbling and really makes it all worthwhile for me. So if you attended, if you sent me an email or left a comment on the Summit Hub, I want to personally thank you for doing that. Uh, I really enjoyed putting it together. If you want to catch that Summit content, you can still watch it. Uh, It's called the All Access Pass. gives you lifetime access to all 30 sessions. That's over 15 hours of tiny house knowledge and wisdom plus a bunch of bonuses. And for podcast listeners, I'm offering $50 off the cost of the All Access Pass using the coupon code THLP. So again, use the coupon code THLP to get $50 off the All Access Pass. If you want to learn more about the Tiny House Summit, you can go to tinyhousesummit.co. There you'll find all of the speakers, their topics, their bios, and even short preview videos of each of the sessions. And you'll also find links to the All Access Pass there. Again, head over to tinyhousesummit.co and click on the All Access Pass. Use the coupon code THLP for $50 off. I am here with Matt Paxton. Matt Paxton is one of the top downsizing and decluttering experts in the country. He's the host of the two-time Emmy-nominated series Legacy List with Matt Paxton on PBS and was featured was a featured cleaner on the hit television show Hoarders for 15 seasons. Matt is also the author of the best-selling book, Keep the Memories, Lose the Stuff. Paxton started cleaning out houses after his father, stepfather, and both grandfathers died in the same year. And this is the reason Matt has been working with families struggling with hoarding and downsizing for 20 years. Matt appears regularly as a public speaker, television guest, and radio personality, and podcast guest, I'll add, helping families and companies find the upside of downsizing. 
He lives in Atlanta, Georgia with his wife and seven kids. Yes, seven children. Matt Paxton, welcome to the show. What's up, man? That's a, quite an intro. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it is quite an intro. It's quite a bio. So, um, I mean, let's start with the end there. Um, you know, before we, yeah. before we started chatting, you were like, you know, I used to be on Hoarders and now I'm a minimalist, but with seven kids, you know, you do what you can. So what, what, does, what does minimalism with seven kids kind of look like? So here's the, we'll start with the punchline, right? Like you said, the crazy thing about minimum is minimalism is that it exposes your parenting and the quality of your parenting mm. because we utilize stuff so much to parent our kids and to keep our kids busy. And I'll take it further. We have, well, like one and a half kids with, uh, on the spectrum. And so like we, we've got one boy that is, I mean, he, he really needs to be taken care of a lot of the time. And what minimalism does is it keeps all the distractions away. And that's why I was attracted to minimalism. Honestly, it keeps them focused on things that matter. Less really is more. I mean, I'll tell you three years into this, like uh, my kids are happier. They have a better life. We don't do, so let's get to the meat of it. You know, we are nine people. We have 10 plates. We have 10 cups. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we wash a lot of dishes. Yeah. We actually go out to dinner once a week on purpose. Like, I mean, we actually probably eat out two nights a week. And man, it's expensive, by the way. But what we're not wasting money on is like the, you know, fifth set of Legos, you know, a bunch of books that they don't need. We can go to the library up the street and check them out. Like we it's just the practical minimalist things like we we don't waste money like on, well, fast food. And, and it was because we didn't want all the junky extra toys. You know, by the way, I got put the the age groups on them yeah i was gonna ask the boys are six boys okay under 14 so we go 9 10 11 12 14 and there's one more okay we're in there he's 13 14 and then a 16 year old girl and so like with the 16 year old girl no it's not the time to push minimalist like minutiae details (laughs) like she her trash can has probably got more trash in it than the rest of the family okay, that's all right. She's 16. She is learning that like Thursday night is family night with the kids and we go out to dinner and we, we actually, people think we're crazy. We play Uno and left, right, center at the table. Kids are not on their cell phones. Mm-hmm. I mean, little things like that, that we're really intentional about. And I think the word intentional is what I never really understood when I, my wife's was a minimalist. So when I, when I met her, started dating her, it was kind of the, you know, the gateway into her heart was, you know, embracing that. Yeah. And then turns out, Oh, that shit works. (laughs) You know, and like, I mean, my kids are happy, man, because they're not spending all the time picking up all these toys. I'm happy. I'm not spending all this time picking up all these toys. And when you have a reasonable amount of stuff, then the kids can actually learn some some tasks that they can actually do. When you say, like, just go clean up your room randomly, you know, like that's it's too big. It's too grandiose. Yeah. But when you're like, hey man, like go go pick me up three three books I can donate. Like that, they can do that. And so it's really, it's been amazing. It's really helped my kids grow up and take responsibility too. That's cool. Yeah, so you I, would. Very long answer, but I love it. No, I, I love the answer. And it, it's counterintuitive yeah. because you would think, especially with more children, you would need more stuff, you know, multiple iPads or like multiple sets of things so that when, you know, when one or two kids have have need for your, both you and your wife's attention, that you can kind of, give those kids stuff to occupy them. And we, yeah. And we, I did when I was a single dad, I totally did. 
like, I mean, I was, so we're a blended family. She's mm-hmm. got four, I got three. In fact, I read her book. That's how I met her. She wrote a book called Minimalist for Families. Oh, wow. Minimalism for Families. And so like I had, you know, I was on hoarders and I was this new single dad. I had my kids full time. And this, I went online on Facebook and just said, hey, I'm having this heart. My son's struggling with clothes. He's got too many clothes. And I don't know what to do with it. Like he can't get dressed. Mm-hmm. He was getting really like, it was affecting our life. Like every morning it would be a fight. Like it was affecting the quality of his happiness. And so I just kind of like threw my hands up, went online and said, anybody know what to do with this? I clean up really messy houses, but I can't get my son to get dressed. Right. And this is like at the peak of hoarders, man. So like, I mean, I was actually kind of famous at that point. And it really worked out. Like three different people said, read this book, Minimalism for Families. So I read it. And the theory in her book was, and it's how to raise kids as minimalists. It just said, I mean, I picked the right person to marry, right? She literally yeah. wrote the book about how to raise kids as minimalists. So she literally wrote the book. So it definitely helped me to, you know, have an insider there to give me tips. Yeah. But like, it basically said, get rid of all the, get rid of all the choices. Just have five outfits for them. And I, and I, and I'm reading the book. I didn't know this woman at this point. She'd later be my wife, but I didn't know her. I'm just reading this book. And I'm like, that's, that's it. I don't know. And I kind of was skeptical. I was like, ah, that seems almost too simple there, you know? And I start reading it. So I, I was like, I'll try it. And as I'm reading it, I'm looking in my son's closet and it's like, not only does he have all of his clothes, he has all of his brother's extra clothes. He has all of my winter clothes. He had everybody. I mean, he had the biggest closet just by happenstance. Yeah. And so the whole neighborhood, I was this poor single dad that everybody would throw clothes at me because they felt bad for me. So I had not only all of me and my boys extra clothes, we had every hand-me-down in the neighborhood in this one closet. So you were like and hoarding so winter clothes. I pulled it all out. Hoarding winter clothes. Literally, the guy from Hoarders was hoarding winter clothes. And I end up donating it all. And left him. I ended up just going to, I was like, I'm just going to go all in. I went to Target and we bought five new pair of pants that fit him, five new pair of shirts that fit him, styles he liked. And socks were always our downfall. And, and long story short, the next morning he gets up, he's like, Dad, look, he woke me up. Yeah. He's like, Dad, look, I'm dressed. Like he was so proud and so, so proud. happy and so proud. And I was like, Oh my God, I, it was my fault the whole time. You know, and it was like, oh my God. And like, it just clearly hit. And so like, okay, how do we take this and take it to the rest of our life? And we, you know, we go to the garage and it's like, do we really need all those extra bikes? Do we really need all this extra, you know? And I just started like running through the neighborhood of my, of my, sorry, running through the house to get rid of everything. And man, it's work like the kids. And and I will say that the real story is when, when I moved here to Atlanta with my, at the time, fiance, we blended families. And it was, I was like, can we just turn the TV on and let these kids watch TV? Like, this is getting aggressive. It's middle of the pandemic. And she goes, no. And she just puts like coloring pencils in a glass ball jar. You know, she's her little hippie recipe. She brings out, puts them down on the table, puts a piece of paper in front of each kid. And they're screaming and yelling. And I'm just begging to turn on the TV. She goes, just give it 10 minutes. Watch. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm, and I'm just like, did I make a mistake? I shouldn't have moved here. You know, like, this is, this is going to be bad. Yeah. And we go outside and come back 10 minutes later and all the kids are drawing. All right. Like kids don't need as much as we think they do. Like they just need to have their brain engaged. And now, you know, probably every other week, kids all sit down and draw. I mean, we don't let them play video games during the week, but Mm -hmm. they draw and design video games. So like fast forward two years later, my 14 year old son as a stack of books where he's drawn all these video games out with intricate characters and player levels and all the attributes. I mean, he is designing video games. That's super cool. And he's doing it on pen with pen and paper and his brain is growing. I'm telling you, man, minimalism is 
and it's addictive once you jump into it, you know, like it really does make your life better and just easier. But yeah, I'm skipping over a lot of channel, you know, Christmas, yeah. first Christmas was a nightmare. <laughs> oh yeah. Tell, I mean, tell that story. <laughs> oh my God. First Christmas. It was like, I mean, I came from a, a my first marriage was two wealthy white families that it was like a competition to who could buy more gifts, you know, and right. I would stay up till mountain of presents four in the morning. Yeah. I would stay up till four in the morning wrapping all these gifts and, you know, and my wife's like, yeah, no, we do like a gift. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go do something together as a family. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not going to fly with my boys, you know? And then, I mean, it's funny three years later, like even my ex in-laws, they really like it. And like, they now do all the grandparents just do an experience that each kid mm. gets a trip with grandma and, and on both sides, which is really cool. So it's, I mean, ironically, it's even made my ex-wife's family have a happier holiday. Because now the kids, they spread out trips all like my son got to go to the Serengeti this year and he got to see the wildebeest migration. And, you know, his grandparents would have bought him a bunch of expensive Legos and a bunch of expensive shoes and a bunch of stuff that's nice, but not necessarily needed. And then in exchange, he got to go to Africa with his grandparents and he got a two week trip with his grandparents at an age where they're still like they're still really young and they're still really active. And they got to like he got to see the world and. Like, it was amazing. He came back and I'm like, man, this, I looked at my, I was like, this minimalism thing is pretty cool. You know, like, I mean, so even they are now, everyone in our family, even ex-family members, we're all buying into it because it's just, we're seeing more happiness and more joy with less stuff. Yeah. That, that emphasis on experiences over, over possessions and, and things is, is probably a big driver for, for many people who are interested in, in living tiny. Yeah. I read it. Yeah, I read it a hundred times, man, and yeah. didn't believe it until you really go through the yeah. challenge of it. And then you got to come back over the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then, yeah, the tiny living is the other side of this. We moved from a 4,000 square foot home mm-hmm. with four people. Mm-hmm. We moved into a 2,400 square foot home for nine people. Yeah, that's that's 266 so square, square feet each. That's like a, you're each yeah. living in a tiny house. In a tiny house. I know my wife designed the house for minimalist living. And yep. so it's, you know, there's no door. All the doors are slide pocket doors. And, yep. you know, she's yep. she's really maximized every inch of it. But mm-hmm. I have to say, I, as the guy that has to, like, take care of everything, it, I love it. I love minimal living. Now, we're not tiny. I mean, and I want to mm-hmm. make sure to the listeners, I'm not trying to say I live in a 500 square foot home, you know. Right. Um, but, yeah, I got about, I don't know, I got about 100 feet, 100 square feet that's mine. Yeah, you know, the rest of it's all communal <laughs> and and it, it it is less to take care of. I love it, which means more time to do cool stuff. I want to go back to to what you mentioned about kind of getting rid of the choices and, yeah. and that recommendation of, you know, have five outfits for, for each kid. Yeah. Um, is that also the recommendation, you know, for for mom and dad? And is there like. I'm going to use the word parody, like, do you kind of. Or does, does, does minimalism for families kind of advise that, you know, if you're going to have your, your son only have five outfits, then you should also kind of lead by example and also have five outfits. Well, I think general parenting (laughs) kind of just says that. I mean, I got a bunch of teenage boys, right? Like they notice when things are not fair. (laughs) Yeah. They notice it. And they, so like, here's where the challenge is. The 16 year old girl, she is an active living, regular, normal 16 year old girl. She hates and loves everything in the same mm. 10 minutes. Yeah. Right. Yep. And so, no, we do not push it on her. 
she has the only closet in the house in her bedroom. Mm-hmm. There's no other closets. We don't do closets. Yep. Yep. Now I'll say this. We, I mean, she definitely has more clothes than all of us and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. I don't do the limit on her. Everyone else is between five and 10 mm-hmm. uh, shirts. Most are around like six. I mean, we, you know, I do a lot of laundry and a lot of dishes. Yep. Yep. But you know, we do, yeah, the kids are, they don't wear jeans anymore. They wear sweatpants. I don't get it, but that's just what they do. And so, yeah, every kid's got like four to five sweatpants and you know, we rotate out. So the winter clothes get put away and then, and then the summer clothes. And I mean, now we live in a part of the country that has very distinct winter and summer. Yeah. I mean, we're in Atlanta, so it's like summer nine months out of the year. So like the shorts don't really go away. Like the kids are always wearing that. So basically they, I mean, but yeah, it's five to five to like seven. I think one of my boys has seven pair of pants just because he's awkwardly tall mm-hmm. and he's in that middle stage. But like, I mean, now even like my, like my eight year old the other day, he's like, dad, I got to go through my t-shirts. Like that drawer is almost full. Like we got to get rid of some of these. He's like, aren't you going to, to donate this weekend? And so like, they've gotten in the habit of self calling now nice. just because they don't like a lot of clutter. And, uh, the hardest thing has been for me. I mean, I'm on TV and I work in, uh, I've got like outfits for TV. I've got outfits for, you know, for speeches and stuff. And I have a sponsor shirt when someone pays me to, you know, represent them. I have to wear a shirt. And so like I have, I have a eight foot by eight foot tall, four foot wide cloth. You know, it's a built in wall mount unit basically. And that's where my stuff sits. Now I'm a sneaker head. I love my Air Jordan sneakers and people think how in the world can you be a minimalist and have a sneaker collection. Well, like I don't have anything, dude. Like I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing that's mine. I like my sneakers. I got a four foot area for them. And as my wife said, you can put whatever you want in that four foot area, but you ain't going out of there, mm-hmm. you know? And so I've got a nice little sneaker collection. That's mine. And I like them. Can I justify it financially? Yeah. I mean, space wise, I can't go around it. And so if I want, like, if I ever want another pair of shoes, I got to get rid of a pair that I have. I've got to find either go sell them or, you know, I would never donate. I would sell them. But like, and, and to, it's funny. I'm to the point now, I was like, well, I guess I'm full. Like, I'm not getting any more because my closet's full. I don't want to get rid of any. And so I won't buy anymore. And so it's basic in and out, you know, decluttering that we talk about in all my industry stuff. Yeah. But yeah, we keep it consistent and the kids keep it consistent. I mean, they'll flat out call you out if, if I try to put something in one of their closets. Well, I mean, Oh my God, you can forget it. I mean, (laughs) they let you know, you know, they let you know they're still kids. And so I will say it has, if if you're ever on the fence, I mean, man, just try it for like two weeks. Like just, just my wife and I talk about this all the time. Like just jump in with like, I mean, you do it at the beach, right? How do you Like when you go to on vacation in the sun. Yeah. That's a good good point. When you go on a trip, you kind of practice minimalism because you, you take one small fraction. Yeah. And at any time on vacation, do you say, oh, man, that that beach was amazing. Like, I loved going horseback riding on the beach yeah. at sunset. But man, those closets were small. Like, you don't care about that stuff. You're no. out living life and having a good life. And I'm going to argue that's the best part about minimalism. I don't spend any time or money doing what I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. And so it leaves time and money to do the things I do want to do. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like, you know... The grass is greener on the other side and you are there on the other side, you know, living this kind of minimalist lifestyle. What were some of the challenges, you know, can you share some of the challenges that, that you yeah. faced like getting there? Cause I know, I know it can be painful. I'm like, I can say it personally. I mean, you see behind me, I have like 
five instruments yeah. hanging on well, the you wall got right a, there. You got a very nice. I'm, I was actually wanted to ask you about some of those guitars. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's the stuff. Like for me, my dad. So right behind me right now is my dad. Some of my dad's art. Yeah. My dad was an artist. My dad died when I was 24. I couldn't keep all of my dad's art. Mm. I couldn't keep all of my grandparents' stuff. Like I have made a career out of helping people tell their family stories. Like, yeah, you, you can say what you want about my career, being on hoarders, being on TV, my new show on PBS legacy list, but all of it had, there's really good stories attached to the stuff. And so I'm a big believer in telling these stories. That's great on TV. That's great in my books. But when you get to your own house, that's really hard. Yeah. Right. Like getting rid of your dead father's art. Like, I mean, it got to a point where I almost didn't move, man. Like I, t- I called my wife and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I mean, yeah. I was going through my attic and I was like, ah, my dad's furniture. I mean, I had like my dad's like amazing Eames chair and like from like a 59. Yeah. Like, amazing. Like a real leather Eames chair. chair. That, yeah. A real Eames chair. Yeah. Dude. Like, so you get yeah, it. Yeah. yeah. You understand what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, totally. And I want to warn people just because you're minimalist doesn't mean you can't have nice stuff. I actually yeah. argue it means you can have more nice stuff because you're not wasting it. Yep. But I had to make some decision on some nice things. It's easy when it's a box of, you know, mm-hmm. things that don't matter. But when, I mean, when it's people you love. So that got hard. And so I had to like record a lot of those stories. And I mean, not to ruin my book, but like I, I, I got rid of a lot of stuff. I mean, I basically mm-hmm. said, to her, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like, this is, this is too hard. And she goes, well, I hope you have fun in Virginia with all of your dead people's favorite things. She goes, <laughs> uh, I and your future. She goes, me and my future and your future kids live in Georgia. <laughs> and if you want to join us, let me know. And she hung up. And my wife's kind of a badass. And like, and we didn't talk for like two days. And wow. I was like, did we just like break up? Wow. Like, and I'm sitting here. This is the guy that gives advice to the world about letting go of stuff. And I was getting ready to bail on it. And so two things happened. One, I was in the middle of writing my book. And I had to call Penguin Penguin Random House and tell him, I was like, well, turns out the book sucks, guys, because I can't even do that. Like, I can't even do this. So we're going to have to rewrite this book. Yeah. And so then I spent the next week, like, writing all the emotions I was going through. And obviously, I, I moved here. And, like, last year, someone asked me, like, well, what, did, what were those items? Like, what were you upset about? And I was like, honestly, man, other than my dad's art, like, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't even know what I was so upset about. But I almost didn't move because of it. I still have the chair. I have two pieces of the art. I mm-hmm. gave the rest to family. Mm-hmm. And it turns out family really liked it. Like yeah. family was excited. I, I apparently had too, many, too much of my dad's art anyway. I didn't even know it, you know? Right. And they, um, and I, I had, by the way, I have space for one piece of art in this house. We have no, we have very minimal space and we have, it's mostly windows. And yeah. so like she told me, she was like, I mean, I, I had 40 pieces of art that I wanted to bring. And she's like, I mean, we got one spot for you. She's right. Like if you if you want to rotate it weekly, that's fine. But I don't know where you're going to put the stuff. You got to keep them in your in your four feet. Well, yeah. And let's <laughs> let's talk. Math is a great part of minimalism too, right? Okay. The math makes a decision easier for you. Yeah. Like just mathematically, you only have space for X, Y, and Z. And I used to really be when I was a kid, I was into backpacking, right? Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about ounces, like you very quickly decide what you're taking with you. Right. Like when you're going like hiking for a month, like, you know, I sure would love a skillet, but I'm not bringing a skillet with me. That's, right. that's you know, that's a pound and a half. Like, I, you know, a sleeping bag would be better. Locked you know, carry. and so like, yeah. And so you just have to make choices. And I think math sometimes and minimalism really makes the decisions for you. It just doesn't make financial sense. Anymore. 
but that the other side, I think, is really what you gotta you gotta lean into. Like, are you gonna have a happier life with less stuff? And I will argue, yes, like across the board. But I was walking to something a better life anyway, mm. right? I was not happy with stuff, and I thought I would be. And I'm 47. I don't know how a lot of people are, but like in my age group. We grew up in the 80s, the age of consumerism. Our parents worked a lot. They bought a lot of stuff for us. And then we got married, had kids, and we wanted to do better than our parents did. So we went out and bought a lot of stuff. And I, I, most it's pretty empty, y'all. Like most people are not happy with all that stuff. And so, and you, and you, all, everything you complain about, I, I will argue, is around stuff or money. Mm-hmm. I mean, people, people argue about sex, money, and stuff. Like that's what people argue about. Yeah. And, and one of those is great. Find a way to get more of that. The rest of it, <laughs> the rest of it, I mean, money doesn't make you happy and stuff doesn't really make you happy. Like it really doesn't. It's the it's the other things that do. And so I I just can tell you on the other side of it, man, like try it. You already are trying when you go on vacation. Yeah. But like really try it because I promise you, you will find more happiness with less. What are what are some other ways that people can try minimalism? Well, I think donation is the most powerful tool in the world. Yeah. There's nothing better than giving away something for free. If you need the money, fine. That's where you are in life. You mm-hmm. need to sell it. But you'll never be happy with the amount of money you receive for something. I mean, I'm going to argue, I'm looking at four very nice guitars behind you. Well, three. And they're probably really nice instruments. There's a mandolin, yeah. a ukulele. A man- three, I'll say, yeah, top guitars. left is a mandolin. Yeah, three guitars. All right those are obviously important tools of your life, right? Like that's more than just an instrument, right? It's more than just an item. It's something you're passionate about. Absolutely. Right. I could give you any price on those and Mm -hmm. it's not about selling it. Right. It's not about, and so I'm going to argue you're not happy. No one's going to be happy with Mm -hmm. selling things. And Mm -hmm. so I really say one of the best tools is to donate because the more you donate, you find, you find enough. And I'm not telling you to do this, but like for me, if I found an artist that likes some of my dad's art, I actually donated a lot of my dad's frames. Mm-hmm. I donated a lot of my dad's tools because there were there was an art school that my dad was connected to. He knew those people. It yeah. meant a lot more to those people than it even did to me because they had a relationship with my father. So I was able to donate those items and it brought a lot of happiness to other people. And so I, I, I really encourage people to find that, that tool of donation. Find whatever works for you. I don't care where you donate it, yep. but you need to be connected to it. If you, if it, if, if you dig it, you will dig, you will give more and more and more and more. And I think it's just one of the most important tools of it because you can empty a house really quickly by give, by doing well for others, much better than trying to sell stuff. Yeah. That's uh that's powerful advice. Um, I'm definitely not getting rid of any of my guitars though. So yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. No Disclaimer. guitars. Disclaimer. <laughs> Those are, life, so I still those are have, lifetime yeah. purchases right there. No. Yeah. I, I <laughs> look, I still have a couple surfboards yeah, yeah. that I'm on that that's a hard line for me. I really yeah. enjoy surf. I do a lot of paddleboarding with my kids and it's where we connect. And yeah. that's my hard line. Like I'll get rid of other things. Yeah. And 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 by the way, this little dance we're talking about here, like deciding what you're keeping and not keeping, like yeah. that only makes you love those things more. Right. 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 And we love those things because the people attached to them, either past or present or future people. Yeah. But like you don't love stuff because it's made of plastic or wood. You love the stuff because it brought you some happiness or joy somewhere in your life, either in the past or in the future or currently now. Yeah. In my line of work, most people, they hold on to their stuff because of past happiness or joy. 
or hopeful happiness or joy, but mm-hmm. rarely current. Rarely are we actually using the stuff in our house. Right. I mean, see, and look, most of my life is helping seniors and hoarders. So I help people that have lived in a house for 50 years and we clean out their house after 50 mm-hmm. years in the house or I help a hoarder. And I can, I mean, in those two situations, people rarely are using, they're using 5% of the stuff in their house. It's, mm-hmm. it's high. Mm-hmm. Usually it's like 2 to 2% in their house. And so right. I really encourage people to like, what do you actually use now? I think that's another part of minimalism. It, minimalism lets you live in the now mm-hmm. and less in the past or the future. Nice. So I, I want to, I actually wanted to ask about hoarders a little bit. You know how like, yeah. I feel like I, I've read that, you know, there are those diet shows, for example, like The Biggest Loser and, and yeah. those diet shows where people kind of go on a crash diet, they lose a ton of weight. And then what and usually happens is they gain it all back. Yep. I'm curious if, yeah. Is there a similar f- phenomenon in, in hoarding oh, yeah. and minimalism? Like, sure, when the TV crew and the camera crew and the experts come in and help you get rid of all this stuff, you do it. But then, and, and I'm sure this happens for not just people who are actual hoarders, but for just people who have too much stuff. You know, can you speak to that and, and maybe some strategies or tips on how to avoid it? Yeah, it's, it's the number one question in hoarding, right? Yeah. How, how does it stick? What's the stickiness of it? Well. Yeah. Let's first start with hoarding is a mental disorder, mm-hmm. right? And it's caused by trauma, like yeah. some or you know someone's died, you've gotten divorced, yeah. uh, abuse. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of reasons, but something bad has happened to the person, and they're looking for happiness and self worth in stuff. Mm-hmm. It behaves a lot like alcoholism or drug addiction. If you've got an uncle that's an alcoholic, and all you do is throw away his beer, have you solved his problem? No. No, you've really just pissed them off, right? And <laughs> right. same thing with hoarding, okay? There's a reason they do it. There's trauma attached to it. If you don't address the trauma, the loss, the tragedy, then it absolutely will, will reoccur, right? So I have a really firm, I mean, in my career, 20 years in now, I have a 60 per, 60% success rate. The house stays clean if they go to therapy. Mm. If they do not go to therapy, it is a hundred percent failure. Wow! Every time it will return if you don't deal with the thing. And that now, now therapy has changed in those last twenty years. When we started, it was cognitive behavioral therapy. Sit on your couch, talk to a therapist, tell them your feelings, mm-hmm. right? And that that doesn't work for everybody anymore. And and technology has changed a lot for people. Um, sometimes it's volunteering. Sometimes it's going to church. Sometimes it's exercising. Sometimes it's uh, donation, like it can be a hundred different things. Honestly, I see volunteering working as much as cognitive behavioral therapy for a lot of people because most wow. hoarders actually don't, they don't, um, they're not hoarding for themselves. Most of the stuff they're hoarding is to give away to other people. Yeah. That happiness and that joy comes from the giving away. They just never get to it. And so they need to go to therapy for whatever the trauma was, and then they need to stay active. Now in hoarders, we actually don't, I haven't done the show in two years, but right. They actually don't, we won't do that. I mean, we give them a year of therapy with the cleanup. If we wow. didn't pay for that therapy, I don't know that it'd be an ethical show to do. I mean, because we know mathematically it will not work if right. they don't go to therapy. And so then you can't say that and then turn around and not give them the opportunity to go to therapy. And so sometimes we'll get to a person where like, man, we'd love to have you on the show, but you got to go to therapy first and mm. they've got to go and they got to show up. And if they don't do that, then we won't participate. And by the way, they get like some of these cleanouts are like a hundred or two hundred thousand dollar cleanouts. Like, I mean, wow. And I am like the best. I mean, not to brag, but I'm like the best guy in the country at that cleaning the houses out. And so, 
you've got, we have a therapist on staff. You have the best cleanup crew. Like all the stuff is there, but if it doesn't matter if you don't go to therapy. And so I just, I mean, I think we can take that to the, to the smaller form too, like the regular life. So the regular listener, what I would ask you is if you're just basically cleaning out a trunk, your car, yeah, or that, you yeah. know, smart, small section of your garage. Um, your why is what I really want you to focus on. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you doing this? This is not therapy. This is just being honest with yourself. And I take this into my fitness. I'm, I've actually been working hard to lose weight again. Mm-hmm. I'll tell this story. I'm a storyteller, obviously. My son, right when I was writing this book, this is in the mm-hmm. book, actually, because mm-hmm. it was when I was writing the book and my son came up to me and said, Dad, are you going to die at the same age that your dad did? And I said, well, what do you... This is at night one night. We're having a feelings talk one night. And I was like, well, what do you mean, buddy? And he goes, well, you know, I was doing the math. And anytime my son says I was doing the math, something good's coming out. Okay. It's usually about candy or it's usually about candy or money. But okay. this night it was really quick. He was like, hey, you know, dad, you're 47. Your dad was 52. That's five years from now. And he goes like, I'll only be 17 if you die at the same time your dad did. And I go, do you think about this? He goes, I think about it all the time, dad. Wow. And I was like, oh. And he goes, I think, he's a dad, I see, now, he's more aware now because we have a new family. And he goes, mm-hmm. dad, I see you working really hard to be a dad and I, and I think it's going to be hard and I'm going to need your help. And he goes, I want to know that you're going to be here, that you're going to be like, you're going to be a grandpa. And I'm like, it's, you know, tugging on my heart. I'm like, yeah, buddy, yeah. I'll be there. Wow. And he goes, well, then why do you eat all that food that you know is bad for you? <laughs> he goes, you know, it's bad and you still eat it every night. And it punched me in the face, man. Yeah, like yeah. it was just a random night. And I was, he's like, I was like, okay, buddy. And I was like, I got, I, I went downstairs that night and I was like, babe, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta really get a hold of my life here. Like at the end of the day, I want to be a grandpa. All right. That's my why. Okay. I don't know what your life, what's your why. And I'm talking to the audience here, like whatever your why is. I don't care if it's fitness or health or stuff or addiction, whatever you're challenged with, you got to focus on that why. So I actually have on my wall right here, it says grandpa. So anytime something gets hard, I look at that and it keeps me going. And this is deep for a guy about stuff. I know that, but like minimalism has really opened my heart and, and also given me time to think about this stuff. And, and at the end of the day, for me, it's, it is about the why. And so like when I'm looking at my garage, it's like, okay, well, what's my why? How does this get me to be a grandpa? Yeah. And it does kind of like, it kind of simplifies shit. And it's like, I don't need this. Like, and, and I'm not trying to guilt anybody into having a why. Whatever your why is, you, you know what it is in your head. Just be honest with yourself. What I'm saying is write it down, put it on a piece of paper, and put it in front of your face so you can't avoid it. Because it's so easy to quit whatever you're doing, whether if it's financial fitness or health fitness or diet, whatever. It's so easy to quit it because it's hard. Yeah. And if you don't have it written down in front of you, it's really easy to quit. And, and I, I'm telling you, minimalism has really made me like focus on the why, because nothing else really matters. Stuff really doesn't matter. And when you get like to that spiritual level of it, and I don't want to scare people, but like when you do get to the spiritual of minimalism, like, dude, it just, none of that stuff matters. And then you start getting rid of people, right? And then you start getting rid of st- like things that really don't matter. And you, you start to get comfortable with it. And guess what? Life gets better. Nice. So I'm sure you get asked this all the time, but I've got to ask. Yeah. Um, cause you kind of, you married into, you married a minimalist who is a, an expert yeah. minimalist. Um, 
what advice do you have for for couples out there who, you know, maybe one person wants to be a, more of a minimalist than the other, one person, you know, because mm-hmm. we we come into relationships and and we have different different upbringings, different backgrounds and, you know, what is worth keeping, what is worth not keeping, like Yeah. Well, the partner is worth keeping. Yes. The stuff is not. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully, if they're not, not, you've already answered your question. Yeah. 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 If they're not, you've already answered the question. Yeah. But I had the best situation, which was I was in love with a beautiful woman who loved my children and me. Mm -hmm. She happened to be a minimalist. Mm -hmm. So I was like, all right, I'll try it. The minimal waste thing was going to, that was harder for me. Mm. The zero waste was much of a bigger leap for me. I'm a Ziploc. I mean, my ideal sponsor mm-hmm. at that point in my life was Ziploc. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. I love wow. plastic and, and, but I also love her. So like, that was hard. I will say when you're talking with your partner, like mm-hmm. you got to try to make that leap together if you're going to do it. Yeah. It is not something I would do if you're not aligned on every, everywhere else. Like if you're not aligned on this topic, then it's only going to expose your other issues even more. Yeah. Like minimalism. Here's the de- like this, this is a deeper conversation here, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. Like we had this all the time in hoarding. Mm-hmm. Hoarding was so loud, right? Like so loud that people could blame everything in their relationship on hoarding. Mm. And then we cleaned the house out, and the wife worked really hard at like going to therapy and fixing her life and doing her things and getting rid of stuff. Well, the husband's still an asshole, right? Three months later. Yeah. And he now has nothing to blame <laughs> it on. Oh no. It, it exposed, look, stuff is an easy way to hide other unhappiness. Yeah. And so I cannot stress, and I don't mean to cuss so much y'all, but like that is the right word for that term. So many times we had men that they blamed their entire failures of their marriage on hoarding. And then when the hoarding got addressed, the marriage was still not great. And so minimalism do the same thing. If you're not aligned, don't even try. Get get aligned on the other stuff first. Yeah. But be on be, be brutally honest and and have that why, have that goal. Like, what is your goal? Like, what do you got? Like, I mean, we did a whiteboard and like I have a, a dream board in my house where mm-hmm. my, I have my kids write down places they want to go or things they want to do. And they get really silly. Like my son wanted to, you know, train whales or he wanted to have, you know, like they get really fun and and crazy, but that's the point of dreaming. Yeah. yeah. But then we found one. It was like, okay, like Australia, I actually really want to go to Australia. Right. And so we started like planning, how do we do that? Like, how do we actually go to Australia? Like, what does that look like? What do we do? And what does it look like as a family? And we all had to get aligned. We're like, okay, we're going to have to save money here, here, here. How do we do that? Well, we stopped going out two nights a week, go down to one night a week. Like we all had to buy into the plan. And so I would really encourage couples like what, you know, you will, I mean, one of the things I didn't get about minimalism is your checking account expands significantly. <laughs> like people don't realize yeah. that you don't realize how much crap you waste your money on. And so like, be clear, like, what do you want to do with it? What's the adventure you want to go on or what's, and it doesn't have to be expensive, but like, what's the adventure? What's the goal? And then yeah. just, you got to align on that. And then that's your goal and that's your target. And you put it on the wall and you look at it. And every time it gets hard, because it will get hard. And, you know, you got to be brutally honest with yourself. Like, you know, if you're not pulling your weight, I mean, my wife and I look, we got seven kids. So the house is not always clean and I'm not acting like the kids are all aligned in it. I mean, sometimes yeah. they're not. And, and we give them space to, to figure it out, you know, but like 
we do have to always come back to like, Hey, if we're going to, if our goal is this, then that's what we got to do. And, and you gotta be, you, I mean, look, my wife's a minimalist because she's, she'll tell you because she's messy mm-hmm. and there's just, she doesn't like to clean. So if she doesn't have anything, there's a whole lot less to clean. Right. I do it more for the spiritual, <laughs> for yeah. the, you know, for me, it brings me like joy and happiness and positivity. And for her, it's just simple. It's just less for her to have to do. Hers is not as deep. And she just got, she grew up in the military and, and got tired of moving stuff all the time. She just mm. thought it was silly and dumb inside. I just, I'll say you'll find, you know, you've got to be, I had to almost lose everything to get it. Right. I mean, like literally she was like, figure it out, man. If you want to come be with us, great. If not, you know, good luck. And I needed that tough love to, to get there. And now it's been really simple, but like I had to, to almost, you know, I basically got like flat out told, like, do you want happiness with the family or do you want your stuff? And so it was real simple. It wasn't a simple decision, but, but yeah. two years removed from it is the best decision ever made. But you guys got, if you're with a couple men, it will be a hard first six months. Mm-hmm. And so get aligned for that. And then yeah. I promise you, like, there's nothing better. I mean, it's just silly how I used to waste so much time and money on stuff that doesn't matter. And people, I'll keep saying it. There's people that don't matter. And you, you hold on to them and you spend a lot of time on them. And they're not really serving your life or even theirs, you know. And now I laugh. Like we, we were at a thing a couple weeks ago and I was like, I met some person. They're like, oh, I'd really love to connect with you. And I'm just thinking, this person is a mess. Like I wouldn't give them an hour of my time <laughs> because they're not ready for my time. They're not ready for you know? friendship. Like they got to get. Yeah. They're not ready for, they got so, I mean, it was so obvious to the whole circle of people we meeting that like, I could help her very much, but there was nothing in it for the world. You know, right. and I was just thinking, oh man, this woman's got to get her life together before I can help her. And I don't mean to be rude, but like minimalism has helped me get to that point where I'm very selfish with my time and my family and I'm very protective of it in a positive way, not a yeah. negative way. Yeah. But that's all come from the, you know, when you're not all wrapped up in stuff and like, you know, we also don't, um, this is an unpopular part of this is we're not all on these like uber competitive uh, sports teams with mm-hmm. my kids. I mean, they're, we're not, none of us are going D one. None of us are going pro. <laughs> and the kids were just like, eh. and pandemic kind of helped us push us to that. And now we're just like, yeah, let's just go for a hike this weekend. Right. Yeah. Like, and we just do more family stuff and we don't, we don't do this crazy competitive, like travel sports teams that a lot of people do. And I think, that's helped us to find joy in less by just not being busy all the time and yeah. overcommitting yeah. on time. Can you talk a little bit about zero waste living and how that kind of dovetails with minimalism? Yeah, I suck at it, man. Zero waste is the goal is to have as minimal amount of waste as possible. Mm-hmm. So less cardboard, you know, more, yeah. we, we use a lot of glass. I feel like I got a glass jar for everything. We're trying to lo- use less plastic. I mean, there are people that there's a lady, I can't remember her name. My wife follows her. Mm-hmm. I mean, her entire year's waste is in a, a, a one quart jar of wow. you know, a ball glass jar. Entire year of waste. Wow. Now, look, we're a family of nine. That, that's not happening for us. But what it has made us do is we're conscious when we go to the store, we don't buy as much stuff. We don't buy as much. We, we really have minimized our, our plastics. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I, it, when I really get into the environmental side of it, it turns people away. I will say this. There is an environmental side of it that's beneficial, the, yeah. the less plastic you use. I'm just because of my having so many kids, I tend to thrift more now. So I don't buy as many 
new clothes. <laughs> we yeah. tend, I do spend more time in thrifting. I also like some of the old vintage stuff better. But the, the really the key here is just try to try to buy less plastic and 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 throw away less and reuse as much as possible. And in an Amazon world where it's all cardboard shipping, I mean, I do like some of the recyclable products that are coming out in shipping now. Yeah. But you still have to be in a, in a city that the recycling actually gets recycled. You know, I'm a weird person that I've spent a lot of time at trash dumps. Like I've spent 20 years helping people throw things away. And when I started 20 years ago, professionally cleaning houses, man, we threw away everything. Into the trash. Yeah. Into the trash. It all went into the dump. It didn't matter if it was paint or chemicals or books like it. We just tossed everything in Mm -hmm. plastic bags and threw it away. And it's, I mean, to the point where it's just embarrassing how much we threw away. And now we try to recycle or upcycle or donate, you know, usually 75 to 80% of the house. It's more work. It's a lot more work. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. It, to, to truly recycle your home, it's an extensive amount of work. And so you have to be dedicated to it. But I think it's worth it. Right. Right. And we do it all. We, again, I'm, I'm biased. I do it more through donation and mm. upcycling than I do. I mean, the recycling side of it, I live in a part of the South where they're not as committed locally to recycling. And so I try to get it to people that need it or they need more. Right. So like, you know, I mean, West Coast, you can recycle better, but, but I really think it's important to, I mean, we have people every day coming to our county through our church that they have nothing. They got here like yesterday. Right. They got nothing. Right. And I'm like, oh, I got, I got a, I got a whole house of someone that just passed away. I'm cleaning out. Do you want it all? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yes, we do. You know? Yeah. And so like, yeah. it's not as, it is hard. It does take more work. But if you get that positive mindset of like, how can I help other people with this? Mm-hmm. It actually gets really easy. And, and you'll start to find people just like you that want to help. They, they just want to help people have a better life. And it gets donated much or upcycled much faster than recycling. Nice. Well, Matt Paxton, it's been really fantastic talking with you. I've, I really appreciated all the stories you've shared. And, and I can't wait to share this conversation uh, with, the, with the podcast audience. Well, dude, thanks for having me. I hope everybody enjoyed the stories and just keep doing what you're doing, man. Less is more. Thank you so much to Matt Paxton for being a guest on the show today. You can find the show notes, including a complete transcript and links to all the books and things that we discussed with Matt over at thetinyhouse.net slash 240. Again, that's thetinyhouse.net slash 240. Well, that's all for this week. I am your host, Ethan Waldman, and I'll be back next week with another episode of the Tiny House Lifestyle Podcast.